So uh, I'm going to read a familiar passage, but I'm going to put um, I'm going to put an interesting twist on it. Um, there's a Greek word uh, Cairo, and it's not Cairo like the, the the letters Chi and Rho, which are the first two letters of the Greek word for Christ. Um, but this word Cairo um, is the word that we might be familiar with, rejoice. And I want to read the definition. The primary definition of this is to rejoice or be glad. So when you hear the passage. Um, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The primary definition is rejoice. Be glad. But I want to point out what the secondary definition of that word is, because I believe it is so applicable in this passage. And the primary definition of that word is thrive. Thrive. What I want to preach on today and what I want to talk about is that God wants us to thrive. God wants us to to succeed. We're blessed people, but he wants us to thrive. So when you hear that passage, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I'm going to go ahead and say the word thrive. Thrive in the Lord always. So it's Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Thrive in the Lord always. Again, I will say thrive. Let your reasonableness, your your gentle spirit... Be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What I want to point out in this passage is this laid out before us how we can thrive in the Lord. How we can thrive in the Lord. There's going to be a theme of, of peace. And that's a huge part of striving. Heck, the whole world is striving for peace. Movements are based on the desire for peace. And we have it in Christ Jesus. Not only do we have it, we thrive because of it. So we're going to go through that passage and I want to point out four key ways that this passage shows that we can thrive in the Lord. Number one, and I'm going to fly through these and then I'll come back. Number one, nurture the fruit of a reasonable and gentle spirit. Nurture the fruit of a reasonable and a gentle spirit. Number two, Remember that the Lord's presence is here and that He's in complete control. Remember that the Lord's presence is here and that He's in complete control. Three, exchange your anxiety for God's peace by prayer and thankful asking. That was kind of a mouthful. I'll repeat that one as well. Exchange your anxiety for God's peace by prayer and thankful asking. And number four, remain in the strong fortress of the Lord. I'm going to fly through the, the first two. I'm going to camp for a while at number three, and then I'll circle back on number four. So over here, we have an illustration to drive home the points. No, we're not Episcopalian. Um, 
uh, I'll, I'll pop over here from time to time. This, this is going to represent the strong place in the Lord, the fortress, the strong tower. And I, I want there to be a visible scene of this place in Christ Jesus. Okay? So that's what that is. I just I, I figured I couldn't leave you in suspense anymore. You probably saw people setting this up. Um, if when I'm back there, if you hear a loud crash and like wailing, that's all part of the sermon. That's just part of it. But call the doctor. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to fall. And if I do, the Lord's going to heal me, right? How to thrive in the Lord. Number one, nurture the fruit of a reasonable spirit. Nurture the fruit of a gentle spirit. Friends, we can't control the fruit of the spirit. When it blooms, it blooms. But we can nurture the fruit of the spirit. We can be intentional in the planting of seed, in the preparing of, of, the, of the soil of our heart, the planting of seed, the water of that through, through the Word, through worship, through the Holy Spirit. And then we trust Him for the results. But we've got to nurture a gentle spirit. Let people see that we are reasonable by the ways that we run to the Lord. Let people see that our spirit is gentle in the ways that we respond in the midst of difficulty. We're supposed to display that spirit for all to see. We, we kind of have a, an overall theme of, of kind of where we're, we're camping on for a while. You know, we talked about circumstances before and that we can't control our circumstances. Friends, when difficulty hits us, we're not supposed to freak out. We're not supposed to lose our minds. We're not supposed to lose our cool. We're meant to have a reasonable spirit. Why? Not because we're so cool. Not because we got it together. Not because we're so well put together. But because we run to Christ Jesus. We run to Christ Jesus. We run to Him. We find peace. We don't got a fake peace. We can display it. And the world sees this as, as being a reasonableness. And God calls it having a gentle spirit. Listen to good advice. And what is good advice? Good advice is God advice. Good advice is what the Word of God tells us to do. And make the Lord the place that we run to. Number two, remember that the Lord's presence is here and that He's in complete control. This passage said, remember the Lord is at hand. <clears throat> what does that mean? He's here, and He's in control. He's got this. He's at hand. When the Lord is on the scene, you don't have to worry. When the Lord is on the scene, we can rest, and we can be at peace, and we can understand He's got this. And if He's got this, guess who doesn't have to have this? All of us. Me. When the Lord's here, I don't have to jump in. My brother is, is, he's always been bigger than me. He's my older brother. I have a younger brother who's also bigger than me. That's not fair, but I mean, it is what it is. But my older brother, he's about 6'6". Six, six, and uh, I remember as a kid, you know, one time somebody was like, you know, kind of like, you know, you could tell they were instigating and picking and stuff. And, you know, I like jumped in and I wanted to like fight. I mean, we were, I remember in college I did fight. 
And he's like, well, what are you doing? This is my fight. I'm like, not anymore. Not anymore. They're messing with my brother. So I jumped in. And my brother's six foot six. He's like, um, yeah, I got this. You. When the Lord's in the room, he's got this, guys. We don't have to fight his battles for us. Because his battles, he wins. His, his battles, he's won. Number three, exchange your anxiety for God's peace through prayer and thankful asking. Friends, we've got to acknowledge God's presence and then just start interacting with Him. It really is that simple, guys. It really is. Acknowledge His presence and then start interacting with Him. Acknowledge His presence and just start talking with Him. Lord, let's go for a walk. I'm going for a walk. So therefore, we're going for a walk. And just start talking. Just start sharing. We don't have to make prayer formal. If you're a formal kind of person, then make it formal. That's great. That's the beautiful thing about God is, is He's going to hear all of our prayers. He's going to hear us when we come to Him in our conversations. But we've got to acknowledge Him. When we come to Him and we acknowledge Him, it talks about doing so in a thankful heart. You guys, gratitude goes a long way, and it goes a long way with the Lord. We looked at one of the greatest miracles that Jesus performed, the multiplication of the fish and the loaves, and it says He looked to heaven, and He gave thanks. Gave thanks for what? Gave thanks that our God is the God of multiplication. Our God is the God of the impossible. Our God is the God of whatever our need is. We're supposed to ask our Father for things. But we also need to ask ourselves this as well when we're asking. When we're asking the Lord for things, we need to ask if what we're asking for lines up with the Word of God. If what we're asking for lines up with the heart of the Father. Because if it does, the Bible says we can ask in confidence. We can ask in boldness. When I ask the Father for things that I am certain line up with His heart and line up with His words, I can be bold and I can be confident. I can be grateful because I know it's... Okay, Lord, I trust you. Once again, you got this, big guy. What are the type of things that we ask for that don't line up? I don't know. Sometimes we just ask for things that are just either selfish or childish. You know, it just... It is what it is. I, I mean, I've asked for foolish things throughout the years. I've asked for Lord, the Lord to do things that are totally opposite His character. Lord, I thank you that you're my defender. So go punch that guy. Lord, just give him four flat tires. Lord, do, I mean, you know, we've, we've asked the Lord for things. We're like, he's like, um, doesn't line up with my heart. Doesn't line up with my character. Does not support my good name. Not my word anywhere. <laughs> you need Jesus. Don't pray that, son. You know. But when we pray things that, that line up with his heart, we can be bold and we can be confident. And when we do, check out the amazing, the remarkable results of doing these simple yet powerful things that we just listed. God's peace will rise above your circumstances 
God's peace will surpass your understanding. God's peace will guard your heart in Christ Jesus, and God's peace will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what the end of that passage in Philippians 4, that's what it says. Everything that I just said is contained in those four verses I read, verses 4 through 7 of Philippians 4. I'll read it again. Thrive in the Lord always. Again, I will say thrive. And here's how. And now he's saying, here's how we can thrive in the Lord. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. When he says, and the peace of God, he's not just going, oh, I forgot to say this. He's saying, and then, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Pretty great, right? So what does that mean, in Christ Jesus? We'll guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. We'll guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Church, our, our hearts and our minds aren't just guarded. They're guarded in something. Our hearts and our minds are guarded in something. They're guarded in the strong place of Jesus Christ. They're guarded in the fortress of Jesus Christ. They're guarded in Christ Jesus. As long as we stay in the fortress, as long as we stay in the strong tower that is Christ Jesus, then the peace of God guards us. In Christ Jesus is found peace. I'll just peek over the edge this time. Do a little Kilroy. Here, strength. Here, peace. Here, nothing can come against me. I'm going to go ahead and... I'm, I'm having a seat. I got coffee back here. I'm going to be here a while because I'm in the strong place of Christ Jesus. In Him, there's peace. In Him, there's safety. In Him, there's strength. In Him, I don't have to fear anything. In here, in him, I'm constantly reminded he's got this. In him, my mind is guarded. In him, my heart is guarded. But the minute I step outside of him, friends, prepare for the onslaught. Prepare for just the onslaught of thought and turmoil and fear and unhealthy emotion, and all the things that come outside of, uh, of that safe place of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us have experienced this before, where we're under mental invasion, or where we're under emotional invasion, and we've questioned God saying, where are you? Where are you? Your word says, 
that you would guard my mind and my heart. And I'm taking shots left and right. I'm just getting, there's just a barrage of hits I'm taking. Where are you? You're not guarding my heart. You're not guarding my mind. In those settings, maybe we should take a look, look around at our setting and go, okay, well, I'm here in the midst of fear. Is fear found in the presence of God? His perfect love casts out all fear. That's what the Word tells us. But yet I'm feeling fear. I'm, I'm entertaining fear. My thoughts are fearful. My worry, my concern. When I'm with Him, when I know I'm with in the presence of the Lord and He's got things, do I, do I have concern? Do I have worry? Do I have doubt? When I'm behind Him, I don't care what's in front of Him. He's got it. I'm just following when we get to those places, we've got to look around and say, where is my setting? Am I in the strong place of Christ Jesus or have I wandered into a place where now I'm focusing on fear or I'm entertaining doubt or, or I'm allowing these other things to come against me because I've stepped beyond the protection of what He has. It's called agreement, friends. It's called agreement. When we agree with Jesus Christ in the completed work of the cross, we find ourselves in that strong place. Well, what about when we don't agree? What about when we agree with the dwindling numbers in our checking account? What, if, what about when we agree with the fact that we just can't figure out a way to just solidify or to strengthen our marriage? We just can't solve it. We've, what about when we agree with the fact that, you know, that our kids are heading down a path and we just can't, we just so desperately want to just control their life for them because we see the harm that... What about those places? What are we agreeing with? And what is our strength? And what is our level of protection, our level of being guarded? Friends, we can't thrive. We can't rejoice. We can't be glad in the Lord if we don't dwell in the peaceful fortress of God. Psalm 91 is a fantastic psalm for all of us to have locked and loaded. Psalm 91 is fantastic when we are going and praying for people because it makes definitive declaration of the authority we walk in. Let's, let's read verses 1 through 9 together. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord... My refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly disease. Friends, when we get a report about a deadly disease, we, we can stand on this scripture and says, Lord, your word tells me that you will deliver me from the hand of the fowler. You will deliver me from the deadly disease. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. I love this. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. A buckler was a small secondary shield wore on the wrist. He, he's the shield and the buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the deadly disease that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, 
but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense, the compensation of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. We make Him our dwelling place. This is the honest, this is the honest truth. Last night, I feel pretty, I want to step down now. Last night, my oldest daughter, Acacia, she slept outside. She, I, she asked Kara if she could, and Kara's like, yeah, until I go to bed. Once I go to bed, you got to come inside. So Acacia slept inside until 12.30 when Kara came to bed. Slept outside. It wasn't like a remarkably beautiful night. I don't know why she did it. I didn't really question it. I'm like, that's awesome, honey. Did you enjoy yourself? And she's like, yeah, it was great. Okay. She made that her refuge. She made that her resting place. She chose that. She didn't know what I was preaching on. I didn't say, baby, I need a really good example for tomorrow. Can you sleep somewhere funny or weird? No. She just chose that. Friends, where do we choose as our resting place? Where do we choose as our reference? Because when we read that, that passage in Psalm 91, it says, if when, we, when we make Him our refuge, nothing comes against us. We are guarded. We are protected. We are good. He's got it. It's when we step outside. Friends, we can't thrive in the Lord if we don't dwell in the fortress of God. And we can't have the peace of God if we don't acknowledge His presence, His power, and His protection. This past fall, I went to South Africa and after... Uh, a big a conference uh, went on a safari, and on the last night of the safari, um, we saw a couple lions attack a buffalo. I, already, I told the story, so I'm not going to rehash that story. He, the lions didn't succeed. The buffalo got away. It was awesome. It was powerful. And later that night, we're listening to the sounds of of the bush, and I never saw a leopard, but I heard a leopard kill a monkey. And uh, it was actually quite scary that I didn't see. I mean, you're hearing this stuff go down, but you didn't see it. So we're hearing this stuff, and then we're hearing the lions roar, because they, they still kind of, they're kind of bent that they didn't take down that buffalo, so they're still lingering. So me and another elder, uh, this pastor from a church in Vancouver, Vancouver Island, British uh, Columbia, um, Oceanside Church, he and I had this brilliant idea. We're like, let's, let's go to the edge of the fence. Let's go to the edge and see like how close we can hear the lions. And mind you, they were hungry and they failed at their attempt to take down the buffalo, okay? Mind you. So we, we go to the edge of the, the camp and we notice there's a little gate and it's just like a gate like you'd see in a, in a yard. And you lift the handle. It's got like a you know horseshoe kind of handle and you, you lift it up. And we notice it's really flimsy. So I just kind of push it and the, the handle just kind of went through. So that really that handle was of no good. And I'm like, that's all right. It's just a handle. And we're walking, and we see elephant wire. Elephant wire is pretty tall, so the elephants, they won't come past it because they can't get underneath it, and it's, it kind of shocks them a little. And so we kind of go under the elephant wire, and we're kind of getting near the trees. We're getting closer and closer, and I'm like, where's the edge of camp? Like, where's the... We talked about there being a, like a fence at the end of... Where's the fence? And I'm not saying there wasn't a fence there. I'm just saying, there came a point when I wasn't willing to go any further to see where the fence was, because I heard like a, 
I didn't hear a roar of the lion. I just heard this. Like just a snort. Like the snort of the lion. And it's, and he probably wasn't, that's probably 80 yards away. But I, it felt like 10 yards away. And so we quickly said, we are foolish men. And what we are doing is foolish. And we will turn around and we will come back. We wandered outside the strong place. We wandered outside the safe place. We wandered into the place where those animals know they have rain. They don't come. Even though the, the, the gate's flimsy and there's, they don't come into the camp because they know they will die. They don't come in. We kept asking, you know, the Africans that were there, the South Africans, how do they not come in? They don't come in. What do you mean they don't come in? They don't come in. They will get killed. Forgive my bad South African accent. It's the best I got. I mean, you know. But we wandered into their place. Friends, we wander into those places where the enemy has right. We wander to those places where the, where the enemy has right. When we wander away from the safe place, the strong tower, the wretch, refuge of Jesus Christ. How do we fall into this trap of wandering outside of a safe place? Number one, there's t- we rest on our own strength, our own solution, our own provision, our own answers, instead of resting in Christ Jesus, in prayer, in thanksgiving, in gracious interaction with the Lord. I don't, I don't want to bug the Lord. This is small. I don't want to bother the Lord. I know He's busy with big things, like cancer and other. I don't, I don't want to bug Him. I got this. After all, I'm pretty sure the Lord says that that He helps those who help themselves. First of all, no, He doesn't. That is not in the Bible. It is not in the Bible the Lord helps those who help themselves. Ben Franklin said it, but Ben Franklin is not Jesus. The Lord helps those who lean on Him and find strength in Him and acknowledge Him. You guys, there's nothing wrong with doing things ourselves. But we need to include the Lord in all we do. I used to think it was silly at times. This, if you're a guest, this is my mom right here. And this is my, one of my daughters. My mom used to tell stories, you know, of... Not stories like lies. I'm not saying you're, you're you know, but stories. She'd be like, yeah, you know. And I used to wake up and say, Lord, what do you want me to wear today? Lord, how do you want me to dress my kids today? What do you want them to wait? Lord, what do you want me to cook my family today? She would ask the Lord for even... She would submit her day to the Lord. Because her faith was, even what I may or, you know, may or may not wear could fit into his plan, what he has. What if the Lord told someone, hey, a woman you know, with red hair and a green shirt is going to come up to you. She wants to know what color shirt she's supposed to wear. That's how much she included the Lord in her prayers. Friends, we got to include the Lord in our lives. We've got to acknowledge that He is our source. You guys, we're going to acknowledge something or someone as God of our lives. I suggest that it be God that we acknowledge. So how else do we fall into this, this trap of being outside of His strength? We do this when we rest on the strength and the solution and the provision 
of another above those of God. It's easy to do, guys. So easy to do. So easy to do. Men, I know your wives, they got it all together. And I know that they keep the house running. But you better not be leaning on your wife as your source. It better be Jesus Christ who is your source of the solution in the home. And I, I get it. If Kara's sick or Kara's out of town, I, intercession. Round the clock 20, intercession for Mark Harper and the, and the kids. Wives. I, I know your husband's strong, but he can't be the strong one. He can't be the strong one. It better be Jesus Christ who's the strong one in your relationship. It better be him who you're leaning on and who you're running to. Because us men, we will lose strength at times. But our God never loses strength. Employees. It's not your boss. He's not the source of the paycheck. He's not the source of the provision. He's not your provider. God's your provider. Uh, Entrepreneurs. You're not God. You're, even if you're an entrepreneur and you're self-employed, you're not the source of provision. God is. God is. He is easy to move beyond that place of protection. These are some of the ways we do it. We fall into this trap of being outside of His strength when we try and gain strength in anything other than Him. In an escape. Psalm 18.10 says, the name, the character, the nature of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs to it and is safe. You guys, the character, the flawless character and nature and heart of Jesus Christ is what we should be running to and not any other escape. We, we have escapes. You know, some good, some bad. But even the good ones shouldn't be the things that we run to. Sometimes we, we occupy ourselves with so much busyness that we don't have to think about difficulties. Well, if I'm just busy and if I just, if I got enough things going on, I won't think about this. Or if I do enough, maybe I can affect this. Maybe I can change this. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I can do this. No, that's an escape. And that's, that's walking away from his strength and relying on your own. See, some people do it in a bottle. Some people do it with pills. Some people do it with entertainment. Some people do it with, with other gratifications of the flesh which don't last. And you're left feeling empty. Why? Because we didn't run to the Lord, the strong tower. We didn't run to Him. I love that example because it's like, all right, I'll just... I'll, I, I know He's my strength. Oh, squirrel. Oh, whatever. But when we run to the Lord, it's pretty hard to get sidetracked. I'm not going to do that. I, I wouldn't have time to stop. I'd get so fast, so quick. I'd... When we run to the Lord, we're there. It's a direct line. We're not supposed to just stroll our way back. You guys, there's no weakness in making Jesus Christ our strength. There's no weak men. There's no weakness in making Jesus Christ our strength. There's no weakness 
and acknowledging Him as the strong one. Let's continue in Philippians 4. The very, so I'll read 7 again and then we'll jump to 8 and 9. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I love this, guys. Let's hear this in the context of the Lord guarding our minds in Christ Jesus, right? It says that there's anything true and lovely and praiseworthy and excellent. Think on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. How to thrive in the Lord, number four. Remain in the strong fortress of the Lord. Once you are guarded in Christ Jesus by the peace of God, stay there in the mind of God. If we find ourselves outside of the mind of God, Repent. What? How do we know the mind of God? Can I can I see this thing on your lap right here? It's full of the mind of God. You want to know what the mind of God is? Right here, this Bible. Just open it up and ask the Holy Spirit to bring it to light. Holy Spirit, guide me into all truth of Lord uh, of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through this word. Holy Spirit, guide me into the truth of a loving Father through this word. I don't care where you open it you're going to find the mind of God. When we wander outside the mind of God, what do we do? We repent. What does repent mean? The word is metanoia. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's to rethink. It's to change your mind. That's what the word means. That's what repent means. To know what the mind of God says. To recognize that our actions aren't lining up with the mind of God and to repent. It also talks about a wholeheartedness in that definition. If you look at that, that Greek definition, it talks about a wholeheartedness, and it also talks about being repulsed by sin. See, it's easy for us to be repulsed by sin when it's someone else's sin. I am so repulsed by your sin. That's disgusting. That's abominable. And not like in the snowman sense, but like in the, you know, it's horrible. We've got to be repulsed by our own sins. We've got to, to realize that those were the sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. We turn for him. We agree with God. We repent. And in doing so, we find ourselves right back in this place, guys. If we want to remain in the strong tower of God, just make repentance a regular part of our life. Repentance is wonderful. I, gosh, I understand there's an emotional element to it. I mean, being repulsed by sin, you know, and being wholehearted, there is an emotional element to it. But man, I love the fact that just like that, I can repent and be in alignment with Him. I love that I don't have to pay penance. I don't have to take lashes. I don't have to, you know, say a certain amount of prayers. I can go straight to His presence. I can acknowledge it. Okay. I was wandering outside of these things, so I didn't, you know, I, 
I was wandering outside that safe zone. Lord, I just tur- I-, I agree with you. I'm safe. I'm strong. Church, it's so important that we constantly encourage one another and that we encourage ourselves in Christ Jesus. I mentioned last week how important it was to, to encourage little ones, and I used the example of saying, you know, oh, you know, how are you doing? You know, you smart, brilliant, beautiful little thing. How are you doing? You're so smart. You're so talented. And that's important. That is. That's important. But we also need to encourage our little ones in Christ Jesus. Hey, do you know how the Lord sees you? Perfect. The Father sees you through the filter of Jesus Christ. So you're you're forgiven and you're whole. And you're flawless. And you're beautiful. That's how He sees you. That's how your Heavenly Father sees you. We need to encourage one another in Christ Jesus. We need to encourage our little ones in Christ Jesus. We all need to know that God is good and only good, but our little ones need to know that God is good and only good. I encouraged us with this plea last week. Encourage courage. I preached on that. Encourage courage. How's this verse for the perfect reminder of who the source of both of these things are? Who the source of encouragement is and who the source of courage is and how we're supposed to live. Romans 15, 5. May the God of endurance, may the God of encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. We live in the covering, the strength, the safety, the protection, the blessing of Christ Jesus. I'm not saying that when we're in this dark place that the Lord leaves us. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. But I am saying this, when our eyes are focused off of the Lord and and onto these other things, we quickly forget that He's there and we feel alone. Sometimes we quickly forget He's there and we do things thinking we're alone. And we're not. He's there. But when we turn and we run to Him, then we're immediately aware, oh, He never left me. I just took my sight off of Him. I just took my focus off of Him. And then in His presence, we find power. In His presence, we find protection. And our focus is right there at this big, strong tower. We find ourselves in the shadow of the Almighty. And I'm good with being in the shadow of the Almighty. Because that means whatever's in front of Him, He's blocking out. He's covering. He's taking on. Let's just take a couple minutes this morning, just right there where you are, to make the Lord our strength this morning. To make Him our strength this morning. It doesn't matter your posture. You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can have your eyes open, you can have your eyes closed. It doesn't matter. But acknowledge Him. Acknowledge His presence. 
If repentance is needed, oh, then do it joyfully, man. Do it quickly and do it joyfully and, and just find liberty in that. If you need to run to the strong tower of Jesus Christ, then run there. Let your heart lead the way. Go there with the fullness of everything that's within you. If there's a load you've been carrying that's just about to weigh you down and it's too heavy, then acknowledge that He is your strength. Make Him your strength this morning. Make Him your strength. It's not your load to carry because you're not the you're not the carrier or the provider or the source. He is. Friends, believe that and then acknowledge that. Just tell him, I believe you're my source. Tell him, I believe you. You're my strength. I don't have to be the strong one. You're my strength. You're the one that keeps this family together. Not me, not anyone else. Just have have heartfelt, thankful dialogue with him right right there where you are. Acknowledge his love for you. He loves you. Acknowledge his grace for you. You don't have to be perfect. Acknowledge his grace. It's more than sufficient for you, for me. Acknowledge his power. He's bigger than your circumstance. He's bigger than the things being thrown at you. And acknowledge him as your strong tower and make him your refuge.